You're listening to the Heartbeats Machine here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. We have a guest calling in all the way from Seattle, Washington. Would you like to say hello? Hello, everybody. So exciting to hear. (laughs) (laughs) So our guest is Mr. Sean Whitman from A Brilliant Massacre, something that I'm getting super geeked out right now. (laughs) (laughs) I went back and looked through all of our correspondence from last year when I first messaged you on Facebook to Uh ask you if I could play your tracks on my show because that's kind of a thing I do when I find music on the internet. Yeah, yeah. It was up on SoundCloud. Uh Uh-huh. And from absolutely day one, as soon as I pressed play on Eviscerate, Mm -hmm. I, oh gosh. Thank you. Those are my words for I don't have words. Thank you. That one's kind of a special one. It was a cover of a Hexerac song that sort of resonated with me. So I thought Roger and I are so close artistically to each other that I wanted to do something because he's worked with me musically. We've actually worked together for almost, what, 20 years? more than that is forever and so I want to do something that's just so out of the box and uh, I thought why not cabaret cover of Eviscerate and so it just kind of went from there thank you so much I, I'm glad you like it it's one of my favorites it's so funny that you say cabaret because when I first played it I kind of gave a warning on air I was like you know this isn't going to sound like normal songs I play a but different yeah, yeah but I don't care it's good trust me please don't tune out and I played it and I played it over and over and over again mm-hmm. I absolutely love it it's one of my favorite Hexarex songs. Mine too, yeah. <laughs> and then to hear your voice. Wow. Oh, well. <laughs> I describe it like it was a lounge version of Eviscerate. Yeah, so. very different. It just uh, it kind of came to me. I don't know what to say about it other than just when you find something that kind of strikes a chord... You want to honor a, you know, sort of some kind of homage to it. You want to do something totally different, but still reject it, because they nailed it. The original version of the song is just so Amazing, cool. yeah. And, yeah, so I wanted to give it a completely different interpretation, so. Well, that was accomplished, as well as doing an excellent piece to do justice to it, because there's two totally different takes on that song, and they're both brilliant. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy that I get to play it again. Well, thank you. You're, uh, you're the only one. One actually that has that in your arsenal. Yay! Yay! And well, (laughs) because thank you so much for being such a strong supporter. I really appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. I had no idea that this album was going to be even existing a year ago when I started playing your music from SoundCloud. And now that it is, it's just, I'm beyond. It almost didn't see the light of day. I gotta be honest and tell you and everyone else out there that stick to your guns, just make it happen. Um, There are moments when you just wanna give up and you just say, you know what, uh, that's it, never mind. But once you start to get the reflection back from the people who you touch or are touched by what you do, it, it fuels the fire, you know? You get that and validation really... from the people around yeah. you accepting yeah. it and liking it, and then it's like a refreshing fire that is it, burning again. It truly is. It's so important that you do what you do, you do the best you can, and mm-hmm. you hope that people kind of respond to it, and that's really what it's about. Is I mean, when it comes down to I made this happen really because of what uh, the support I was getting from my friends and and other people who I who were listening to it that I don't even know and that right. was really the big change that you can actually touch people that don't know anything about me at all and it just makes you believe in it more so yeah the complete strangers who actually really love the music that you're putting out there mm-hmm. it, versus well you know your friends maybe don't want to hurt your feelings or well unless you have some friends that are really honest and truthful about things which is good. Good. Oh, I've got many of those, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, would you like to start?
start with our prepared questions. Sure. Shoot. Okay. So we're going to start now. Okay, well, Sean, I'm going to have to know something really fast. Who is yeah. a brilliant massacre? Brilliant massacre, who? That's a good question. That was a tough one. Who or what? What is uh, it all about? Who and what? Who or what? It's a combination of all the things that have influenced me. It's kind of abstract. It's kind of an existentialist kind of idea that you can get more from destruction. The idea that what you have is completely temporary and what makes you today and it can be destroyed and who are you tomorrow. That's kind of what the idea behind what a William Massacre is about. So the who and what is just such a difficult one. That's the one I had a trouble with. Definitely something that's going to continually evolve. So so this is not an ongoing, you're going to get the same take on oh. the art as the albums progress. Right, yeah. Each one, this particular project is a culmination of what has inspired me up until this point and what's something a long time. So what we have today to show you is what brought me here. And what we'll have tomorrow is what you'll hear is what will have taken me to that point from here. So it's going to be very different. Everything's going to be kind of a surprise. That's awesome. Do you know, is there a difference between A Brilliant Massacre and The Cut? Yeah. So, The Cut originally started out, I'm really heavily influenced by the concept of pop music, something that's easy to digest. You get the idea right away. That's kind of what the idea behind The Cut was. What happened with The Brilliant Massacre is that once The Cut album was finished, it is, for the most part, what you hear today. But what happened is that there was an underlying theme that required me to go deeper, both artistically and emotionally and spiritually, all of that. So A Brilliant Massacre really kind of resonated, and it's a bit more concise. It's a bit more direct as far as what my intentions are as an artist. So it itself was an evolution from what you started out with those pieces of music, and then as time passed on, because it was a long process, A Brilliant Massacre came about out of that because the cut wasn't truly what it was anymore. Yeah, the cut was uh, sort of like, you know, I hope you like it kind of thing, and the Brilliant Massacre is, well, okay, so here's me being completely honest, and here's the entire idea. Like it or not, right. I, it, it is what it is. Take it or leave it, this is what right. it is. exactly. One other question, where does your inspiration come from? Um, a lot of places have a lot of influences that actually really tie into both lyrics and music. I guess lyrically, what really inspires me is the standard philosophy of existentialism, the idea that in order to grow, you actually have to destroy that whole thing. Musically, it definitely goes over, it covers everything from one of the things that really inspires me the most is the idea that music can be dangerous. I really have always been kind of fascinated with that idea. Blues and jazz, way back in the day, in the 1920s, 1930s, it was considered so dangerous that people were afraid to listen to it. And it's sort of like the first proto-punk concept of music where it's just about destruction and well whereas with punk it's just we don't care a whit about what you think we are what we are this is what we're doing and I like both ideas and they do relate so musically concept wise that's kind of what I'm into but my biggest influences are artists like Peter Murphy David Bowie New Order Skinny Puppy Front 242 of course Depeche Mode all those guys that have there's a common theme in all of it and that's really what I draw from actually very deep. That's kind of deep. Yeah, I was like, what? (laughs) I'm like, wow, you've never told me that before. (laughs) Oh, by the way, surprise. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. (laughs) 
If everyone is wondering, the other male voice that is transmitting through the airwaves... It's it's not Valerie smoking. No. (laughs) (laughs) It's not me trying to, you know, add another person into the area. Roger Jarvis actually decided to come down and sit in with me while I talk with Sean. What, what? (laughs) And actually, Sean didn't even know about it. It was a surprise. No. Yeah, so that's why it was such a surprise. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. <laughs> Hi, Rocky. Hi. No downtown Disney for me. Oh. <laughs> but it's all smiles. Everyone's happy. I love it. So, the reason why, actually, part of the reason why I asked Roger to come down is that he is not only half owner of Negative Gain, which is the label that put out a Brilliant Massacre science fiction album, but he also works with Sean doing all kinds of goodies mm. on the work. So, I thought it would be cool to have both of them in to talk about stuff. Yeah, like Sean said earlier, <laughs> in dating us for 20 years. <laughs> Nobody knows. Wait. <laughs> Cats out of the bag. Right. <laughs> so I, love it. I thought let's just sneak Roger on the air and let him ask the first question. Yeah, you have no idea. It, you have no idea. It. Right. <laughs> it was okay, really hard to keep quiet about that, by the way. <laughs> All right. Wow, that definitely was deep. Yeah. <laughs> you took it right into the second question of inspiration then. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. covered one and two. <laughs> Actually, maybe more than that. So uh, my next question on the list was talking about significance of the name of the... There's always the go-to of band because that's just the nature of music. It's either an artist or band. What do you call a Brilliant Masker? Is it a project? Is it a you person? Know, okay, so for years and years and years, and this, is, this goes to all artists out there, when you're trying to come up with a name that really describes you, I mean, we're talking since, oh, like 15 years of me trying to figure out a name. And while the cut was being developed and Roger and I were working on it together, there was a song called Brilliant Massacre that uh-huh. the lyrics to me are so incredibly deep, even though it's not super wordy, but the, the lyrics just are so meaningful. And there's a line in it about a Brilliant Massacre, and Roger, you mentioned, the one we consider that as the name of the band and I thought about it and it made perfect sense it totally rang well because it rang true for both you and the work right right. the pieces yeah it just all clicked the cut was good for sure but it was very straightforward and there is something about a billion massacre that that implies something much deeper so and that's really what everything that you'll ever hear from a billion massacre there's always going to be you know an underlying meaning behind every word that is going to be coming out from lyrics A true artist to the lyrical writing, then. I think it really resonated with the whole feel, the sound, everything. The name with it. It it was a good The actual sound of the music. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. It was just very dramatic, you know, and that's really what I'm after here is the whole idea of something that is just deep and dark and has many, many different meanings, and you can take from it what you will. And when I was in high school, I used to go to these church meetings. Uh, And I remember (laughs) one time the guy who was reading the class. Was reading lyrics from can you remember which song or band? But taking the words that were the lyrics and twisting them around to be like super horrible. You know, these people are here to destroy you and will lead you away from all that is good. And I was like, that is awesome. 
I want that. <laughs> you know, that you can take different meanings from something so simple. I think that that's brilliant. I, that's, that's really what I'm after here with this project. And you actually say these different meanings. There's actually different feelings for all the different songs. The song mm-hmm. that was on just before we came on the air to talk was a song from science fiction. It was WBML. And just the sound of the music. It's so ominous. and it, I mean, it starts out that way. And this is my interpretation. Ominous, dark, flowy. I mean, I told you before, I don't really dance that much. And yeah. most of my dancing has been at hip-hop clubs. <laughs> and most of them were in Germany. So <laughs> let's just put well, that out you. there. And so when we were... And actually, Roger was there when I was at Ruin. And that song took me out on the dance floor. She tore it up. <laughs> tore it that. up. And from then on, I actually... I wasn't on the dance floor. I was behind the couch that they were sitting on dancing in like one of the walkways the entire rest of the night. So it, it definitely started something. But That's awesome. And, and all of those different songs, they're all different. They all have their own little home in sound. I'm really glad you say that because that was really something that I worked really hard on doing. Having um, a diverse album. Yeah, which can work against you in a way. Absolutely. But first of all, I just love music, all different kinds, mm-hmm. all different types. And so I mentioned New Order earlier. New Order has some of the best, most diverse albums out there. I bet most people don't know that. Yeah, and most people don't know that because, you know, you're talking about Joy Division, and that's what they started. It's that sort of dark, clubby sound that Mm -hmm. is, you know, beef guitar with electronics, and I just love that. And if you listen to their albums, they go from, you know, the love triangle to you name it, and each song is different. And that idea was what I wanted to instill in this album. And I have to do one of these. <laughs> so, having mentioned other artists and the diversity of their albums and the diversity of science fiction in itself, mm-hmm. I want to take that and move into the next question, which, having gone that way with the diversity, what would you say your strongest musical inspirations or influences are? A good one. Okay. <laughs> in my opinion, that really sets the foundation for an artist because whatever catches you and puts that little fire to mm-hmm. To do something, to create something, that's really important. That can take you from whether you're developing heavy, hard rock music or lounge music or industrial or whatever. And especially because you're so diverse in your album, and that's where I want to know where all these influences and inspirations from. There's this idea about what's called negative space, and Mm -hmm. it's in art, and it's also in music. Okay, here's something totally random, but James Brown is a good example of that, where you listen to his music, not industrial at all, but definitely an influence for me in the sense that if you listen to music, it's so spare, but there is not a moment in any of the songs that he writes that where there's like pop. There's nothing that isn't unnecessary. But then you take the opposite of that, you take Skinny Puppy, which is to me glorious, and it's more a sculpture. You hear the music and there is not a moment also in there that isn't also unnecessary, but it's so thick and layered and there is negative space in there as well, but it's just so, I honestly feel that those two artists are the two extreme ends of the spectrum of what inspires me. I love the idea of completely spare, just raw elements uh-huh. being shown and showing through the music. And then the other end of the spectrum, I love the idea of multi-layered. So like, you know, for example, you take New Pretender on the album. That's kind of spare. And it's stripped down to its core elements, which is very rhythmic, and you really get a sense of tone and the tune that I'm singing. But then you take like Massacre, which is just so enormous and it's the same idea 
but on the other end of the spectrum. Right. So that's really what, as far as what I listen to, what inspires me. Things that are very, uh, both stripped down to their core elements and then are very dramatic and, and huge. So your influences are more about a sound or ranges of sound versus a person or an artist. What truly inspires me, yeah, there are, of course, personalities. David Bowie is just awesome in my book. Peter Murphy is also completely awesome. Janis Joplin, totally awesome. All of these people are kind of self-destructive in their own ways, but that's what I find really fascinating, too, about personalities. They're the ones that actually really kind of get me going as far as imagery and how to make something be interesting. But musically, it's more concepts, really. I didn't even actually have to say the entire question because... You kind of like did it all the entire thing. (laughs) (laughs) That whole question. I I asked the very first portion, and there were two other deeper portions you went right into. I didn't even have to say anything. That's perfect. You prepared. (laughs) You did your homework too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, give me a minute to run off at the mouth, and I'll take care of all of (laughs) it. Yeah, I tend to do that too. (laughs) We are back. Hello, everybody. It has been accomplished. <laughs> oh, you're on. All right, everybody. You are tuned into the Heartbeats Machine here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. You know, my name is Valerie, but the other two gentlemen in the airspace, I was going to say in the room, but one of them's here, one of them's not, are my guests tonight. And I'll have Sean introduce or say hi first, and then because I can visually point at Roger when you're done. <laughs> Or he can hear you when you're done. Sean from A Brilliant Massacre, which I've totally been hyping forever now. Hi. Is is here with us. And... Hello, this is Roger. Roger, you should recognize his voice if you listened, I don't know, maybe like seven months ago now. (laughs) So Roger is actually a return guest. He was here to talk about Hexorex. He's the man behind Hexorex, half of Negative Gain, and working as well with Sean for a Brilliant Massacre. Let's talk about like, most, and least about the process of creating music. And I specifically had included writing and or recording, but you can take it whichever way you want. Collaborating uh, remotely and also in the same room kind of a thing. What I like most about uh-huh. collaborating, well, I, I mostly collaborate with Roger. And uh, again, we go way back. And he and I have definitely worked together in the same room, in a studio, and on shows, and you name it. And so we definitely have a sync. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, ever since we met each other, it's just been music nonstop. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. The very first band, it was Sean and myself. Mm -hmm. And then it went into a work in Death Cycle. Yeah. Honestly, really, I was such an innocent little child when I met Roger. <laughs> <laughs> we corrupted each other, Sean. Yeah, yeah, this is on you, just so you know, I'm kidding. But so I, I consider myself extremely lucky as far as having a collaborator because we know each other so well that working in the same room with each other is obviously natural. But also working remotely, I'm here in Seattle, he's in Orange County, and it's so still, it flows really well. Brilliant Massacre was a song that he wrote top to bottom, front to back, start to finish and I threw the lyrics onto it and that song is an example of what it is that when we really get together and work without any limitations or expectations that song really represents what it is that we can accomplish, which yeah. happens to be one of my favorite songs. Yeah, because when, when I was writing it, I was thinking of A Brilliant Massacre. What would the sound be? I just picked 
pictured what Sean would do with it, and so it was just easy for me to just to go. You and, had him in mind, it. exactly. And to be able from the beginning yeah. to work in that manner in <clears throat> separate locations is astonishing because really so it's, many people have the dynamic going on from when they're. I'll say mostly, and this is a statement that is outside of the industry. In my observation of comments that are, are made by artists when they're working on their albums, they all go to one location and they just hammer it out together mm-hmm. in one location and it's agonizing and fruitful they at the same time. And they break up and they get together. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And to be able to still accomplish something that is so remarkable and cohesive, not in those same locations, is just, in my opinion, is just fascinating. Because you do know each other so well. Mm-hmm. Well, it's very rare that that happens, too. Right. I mean, we're very fortunate that we have that chemistry, you know. And I'm very happy that exists, by the way. Yeah, so, so are we, to be honest, because as an artist, you want someone that you can draw from, too, for inspiration. And Roger's strengths are definitely something that I hold in super high regard. It's something that will continually evolve too, so you can expect more in the future from the two of us. Yeah, it's going to be pretty interesting because there's we've only scratched the surface. Just there's the beginning. still so much more. And it's a long time for a beginning. <laughs> I say that because I'm on the inside of the knowledge of that. It has been like a decade. Starting from when it, all of this started under the name The Cut, it's been about a decade that it has taken to develop into a brilliant massacre and finalize. Yes. That's it a, was long a long time. <laughs> it was definitely a lot of different steps along the way. Right. So part of the development of what a brilliant massacre is today involves me actually writing an R&B album for a funk singer out of New York. That was totally outside of my comfort zone, but uh-huh. it definitely gave me the tools that I needed. Well, it's you know, part of a development, really. I mean, oh, sure. That's so bizarre, but awesome. <laughs> yeah. It was, <laughs> It was definitely outside the norm, for sure. But it, it was definitely something that um, I took it as that, you know, definitely a, a learning and growing experience, a learning how to write a pop song for right. someone who has no interest in what I would otherwise write. And it's yeah. different for you going from writing for yourself mm-hmm. and writing from yourself to writing for someone else, which it's almost you're stepping out of yourself to take on what it is for them as well. Yeah, for sure. Well, it definitely made less afraid, well, actually completely unafraid, really, of writing for people who would want to listen to it. That's another thing, too, for artists, is that you hope that people like it, mm-hmm. and the hardest part is just getting over the fear that you hope someone does, and you just kind of go, well, you know what, I'm just going to do it, and right. it is what it is. That's all yeah. it is. There and will be those out there that will like it, and there will be those out there that won't, and that's just reality. Yeah, and that's a hard step for anyone who's creative. That's a hard step to take. You want to do it for yourself, of course, but then, of course, you want other people to like it. And right. where do you draw the line? I kind of have that feeling about putting the show together every week because I started my show doing a four to six block in the morning. So I thought, well, you know, I don't know how many people are going to be listening. And I'm sure there were people listening. But my thought was, I want to play music that I want to hear. That's the beauty of being here at this station is that we don't have someone telling us you need to play this, this, this and this and go from there. It's completely my decision to play everything that I play so I really chose to play what I wanted to play and Mm -hmm. which takes it right back to playing Eviscerate was your version of Eviscerate was yeah it kind of pushed the boundary it really kind of broke the boundary of sounds that I was playing on my show but I had that license to do that and I wanted to do it so why not just like shoes Roger knows (laughs) shoes do you know shoes (laughs) 
<laughs> the YouTube video? <laughs> I'm like, I'm wearing flip-flops right now. There's, yeah. There's, there's a YouTube video, and it's called Shoes, and it's, it's it. hilarious. Have you seen yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. So, last summer, I was playing that quite often, by the way, because it was entertaining. I enjoyed it, so I played it. Just like you, Caustic's I Play Computer, oh my the Gothicles yeah. remix of it, because it actually touched base with my childhood in the 80s because of all of the old computer games and stuff, but I enjoyed it, so I played it because I wanted to hear it. And why not? Exactly. Mm-hmm. But I still want to remember, oh, wait, there are people listening. And if I play too much stuff that people don't want to really hear, then I'm not going to have a listeners. Right. I mean, it's a fine line. It's yeah. Of course, you make music for yourself, but you also make music for others. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. not... Otherwise, I mean, you won't why, be making music very long. Right. Yeah. <laughs> why would you make music? Yeah. You make music to share. Well, of course, because otherwise, it's just on your computer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and by I mean share, that doesn't mean steal. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like taken over. Yeah, it, was, it was number three. It was number, number three, three and then number one on the industrial. That's incredible. Yes. I have not told Sean about oh. the number one spot yet. Oh. So Sean, what? I let you in on the number three spot on the top thirty for KUCI this past week. But I was waiting to tell you that Brilliant Massacre was number one on the Gotham Industrial top ten for last week. Yes. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. I was sitting on my computer and I got the email and I was just like, I can't wait to tell him, but I wanted to be a surprise for the top 10. Well, it's because you're awesome. That's why. (laughs) Well, thank you. It's awesome music. How how can I not just indulge? I think it's (laughs) overindulgence, really. (laughs) (laughs) It's obsession. Oh, now the song's going to be stuck in my head. Obsession. You're singing. Uh. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> Give me auto tune quick. <laughs> you have- see your callers, I mean your listeners, going from like fifty to two. <laughs> I, I have no sound effects buttons. Sorry. <laughs> there, Sean's got your back. Thanks, yeah, I got back up. <laughs> so the next Wait. question's lead-up statement was, it's been said that this project almost didn't happen and it took almost. a long time. My question at that is, do you have any advice for the artists that are struggling, feeling defeated? And that was a very specific, intentional choice of a word. Yes, actually, if everyone knew the modest environment that the album was written in, you would feel more uh, that you can do it too. (laughs) So um, it doesn't matter how big or small your idea is, you just have to believe in it. And whatever it takes to get it there, whether it's writing your stuff down on a napkin and putting it in your pocket and coming back to it later, or using downloaded options and the cheap stuff that you can find to put it together, do it. Just be honest about it. I'd say my big advice with this be to just be honest about what you're trying to accomplish. That's all you have to do. Right. And believe in it. Believe whatever it is that you're doing is the best that you can do and it will happen, however big or small. And success is not in dollars, just so everyone knows. It's not about money. It's definitely about who you touch and how you touch them. (laughs) And what it is that it means to other people. If you're honest about it, then other people will understand you and believe you and believe in you. So, yeah, don't feel defeated. You know, everyone has their own path. So however you get there is how you're going to get there. That actually takes me back to that interview of Rogers because I asked Uh him... (laughs) 
I, I'm sure <laughs> I asked no. him a similar question. And having just listened to it, Here you said be. success is not about money. And we talked about being successful. And it was brought up that success is what you think it is. Yeah. It's not about money. It's if you feel successful. I measure success right. of the quality of people in my life. Okay. And that oh, is how I measure one. success. That and the quality of what you're putting out there. That, to me, what you get back mm-hmm. is what you have around you. And that's what mm-hmm. you should. That's at least how I see it. Yeah. I really like that perspective on measuring success because so many people it's all about the money so many artists have the dollar signs in their eyes and some of them get that but is it successful in the sense of they're well accomplished and producing really great stuff or someone wanted to put that out there i was talking with someone recently about boy bands Mm -hmm. and something about i wonder if there's an industrial boy band or something like that i so want to make one and i thought well that's (laughs) And, and it's funny you say that because I thought, no, there isn't because boy bands are a creation. My response was boy bands are a creation from whatever record label to make money. They hand pick a person, give them the tools, if that, and they put it out there. They teach them dance. They teach them lyric. Or they have the, they have the lyrics written for them. The creative process is so different. This is all my opinion, guys. Well, it's so different. Um, and Kiss I was a boy was, band fan. Uh, is a boy band. <laughs> say that again? Kiss is a boy band. Kiss was probably the first boy band. Really? You think so? Oh, yeah. You know, as well as the Sex Pistols, there are many, many out there. Creations, uh, a label says, ooh, there's definitely an opportunity in a genre of music, and let's just all stuff together and see what happens. That's really interesting um, that you say both Kiss and the Sex Pistols. Kiss, because, yes, of course, those guys are, they're huge, well-known, but there's also, in the sense of the Sex Pistols, where it was that punk driving force kind of thing, and I never would have thought the Sex Pistols were a generated thing. Oh, yeah. From um, yeah, the any, industry I mean, I don't, side. Yeah, any major uh, labels, they're going to put their two cents into it and right. say, no, you should be working with this person. You should be working with that person. Get rid of this right. person. I've experienced it. It sucks. It does. And it's definitely, so sometimes what you hear in, in you know, in, in big money releases is not exactly what the artist had intended to happen. As um, I've heard, so exactly. It's something to be said about being on little tiny labels, being a, you know, a little tiny independent artist. You get to do and say whatever pleases you. You have so much more control and liberty mm-hmm. to make your career creation yeah. versus someone saying, well, I gave you the money. You right. need to do what I want you to do. Right. I'm to not going to sign back. something unless I like it. Right. I mean, from the get-go, I don't have time to create things for him. Or well, for and him, why know. would you? Why would you want to do that? Yeah. You bring up a really good point. For me, music, when I listen to music, I'm actually studying. It's interesting uh, when you're a writer of the stuff. Yes, mm-hmm. there's stuff that, out there that you really enjoy. And you. what kind of is disappointing is that you know the tricks that they use to make it sound good. So it kind of becomes less of, oh, my goodness, that's so rad, to, oh, wow, that's really cool how they did that. And a little so, jaded like, for me, musically, I just, I... Everything I study music. <laughs> I can totally understand that. And there's two parts to my thought about that. First off is when I was sitting with Roger, we were listening to music. I was telling him how much I absolutely love the song Brilliant Massacre. And I absolutely even more love the sound of your voice, by the way. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> that reminded me of the Kevin and Bean show. <laughs> They have this bell that they ring every time someone mentions the name of a hot girl. (laughs) So I said, I love the sound of his voice, and he rang the bell. (laughs) So 
So Hilarious. what he, I, I am very, I feel very honored to be able to say that I experienced this. What he actually played for me was this track and he stripped down vocals and he told me, now I hope this doesn't ruin this for you. And I thought, well, why would it ruin it? Because I listen with the ear of, yes, I love the sound of the effects that are put onto your voice for that song, but <clears throat> hearing the raw voice recorded, what is that? Yeah. Do you have a bird? Uh-huh. Is that your phone or what is it? Who right now? What? There's whistling. Oh, it's oh, probably I, your ghost. I, I heard it, ghost. but it wasn't me. It's, oh. I think it's your ghost, John. That's so weird. Awesome. So he down all the effects off of the vocals on that. And I thought, this is just an amazing voice. Wow. I truly love your voice. And I, I sent that message to you. There are four people on my list. I've actually said it probably several times on the air. The four people that just, I don't even know how to describe the way that it makes me feel. I see. That's what's surprising to me because I've never. I enjoy singing, and that's about all I can tell you. Thank you so much. It means it really does a thing. <laughs> it's just I don't know how to how to describe how that makes me feel. It's great. Thank you. You're welcome. But thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, the second part of that, I don't remember. <laughs> I had Aww. a two-part to that, and I don't remember. Oh, baby. I know. Sorry. I forget. <laughs> <sighs> I think we'll go back into some questions, which are almost done, actually. Yeah, it looks like we have a few. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, we have a couple. So we talked about the future of A Brilliant Massacre and that this, you said, just scratching the surface. Where do you see yourself now that this has been Unleashed onto the unsuspecting <laughs> populace. Exactly. I'd like to have more releases in the future. The story wasn't completely told on science fiction. There's still more to be said, okay. um, both with, you know, one of the things that I really like are B-sides. Um, one of the things that really get me going with artists is getting to know, you know, the, the unfinished, ugly side of uh-huh. what they felt, oh, didn't quite make the album, or, you know, is a bit more uncharacteristic of what you normally hear from them. Yeah, right. That's something I'd like to explore in the future. Because there always is a leftover, right? Or potentially there are tracks that either you don't feel are cohesive enough or fit in with everything else to create that story of an album, or there's too many leftover. Or you come up with something after, oh gosh, you finished, you know, recording, and then you come up with something else. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, What originally started out for science fiction was a concept album. There was a protagonist and an antagonist. Uh, a central character, and there's a story that's still there with science fiction. And if you read the lyrics and listen to the lyrics from Horizon all the way through to A Brilliant Massacre, there's actually a story there, albeit in a, a little bit broken up pieces from the original, but there is a main character and there is a, an antagonistic sort of character as well that you hear in the lyrics that is affecting the main character. So, And so there are also other chunks and snippets that didn't make it to the album that are, you know, unfinished and broken. So that's definitely something I'm really considering being available in the future. And is that you're kind of alluding to what we had talked about very briefly about, would you say, like a dark room or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on the uh, the website, which is going to be up here uh, shortly, there will be a place to go um, where you'll hear exactly what I was just mentioning. It will be called The Dark Room, and it'll be exactly that, just uh, pieces that are not fully fleshed out or pieces that are fleshed out but just didn't quite make it to the album or maybe something a bit, you know, crazy. That's exciting. 
I know that I kind of responded with, in my opinion, everyone is always looking for more from an artist and more in, in different senses of the word. More meaning they're hungry for more music or they're looking for more depth and more storytelling, which also leads me to, I don't think I've ever heard anyone describe an album as being a storytelling experience. And I'm sure there are maybe more so in classic rock where there really was, that's the only alluding I could draw to for storytelling but I've never heard someone talk about their album telling a story the way that you really looked at it as or described it as a literary work would be yeah it again it's it's a bit spare but it is in there and if you really listen to the lyrics you'll hear a common thread throughout every single song and so each song is say a different chapter in a story and they are all cohesive in a way and which is sort of juxtaposed against each song sounding so totally different right and that is the irony is that all of the songs do sound so different but i don't think the average listener really looks at the lyrical content to move between the different songs so now i think i'm gonna take a step back to the album personally and look at the liner notes because that's one cool side about the actual inserts is that lyrics are in there yes yeah. you don't really uh, see that for, all the time. it's for uh, the science fiction and brilliant massacre and those are the two key sort of jewels that are the most descriptive of the story. Okay. And then Three Blind Words is, I think, the most morose chapter in the entire story. Really? It's, a, it's not the saddest sounding song, but the lyrics are very desperate and dark, but still yet somehow, in a way, hopeful. There's a lot going on in, with the lyrics for that one. I like that there is that two-sidedness to it. The actual sound of the music may not reflect the lyrical content of the music. Yeah. I like that. Because you would, one would expect dark lyrics with dark music. And, For sure. And kind of carefree lyrics with poppy music. But yep. not so much crossing those into the same piece. Well, yeah, and again, that's one of the ways that I really challenged myself on this on this particular one. Roger, that he was also instrumental in reining in uh, all the different ideas that I had, and he was able to really help keep it linear. And so, but where I really explore it is, is with the lyrics. They really do cover a lot of territory. Okay. I want to go into the question that I kind of hinted on when we were talking weeks ago about, that I wanted to develop about stories behind the lyrics and i want to do that if you want to just pick a track that maybe has i i said insightful stories and insightful meaning into you as the creator of the Uh lyrics is there maybe a track that kind of really stands out that you're willing and open to share story about? Oh, yeah. I, I think WBML is the one that I think is the most interesting in the sense that, like, it's not what you expect. <laughs> this is going to be a deeper story than maybe we're letting on. So. <laughs> Promise to keep it brief, but yeah. Let's oh, you don't do have to keep it brief. I don't want to cut you off in telling oh, the story. I'm just going to have you go into the story behind WBML. WBML is basically uh, the uh, angel and devil concept. The opening lines, you've lost your soul and your demons lie with you. That particular part of the song is seen from the victim's stance in the sense that, oh, it's a horrible sort of situation. You can't see from the point of coming from a point of ruin. And that's where I'm hiding. You know, in ruin you hide and that whole idea. And then at the chorus, 
comes in, I'll take you into the night. It basically, that's where the devil comes in. Or you could switch it where the devil is what's inspiring you to hide in ruin. And then the angel is the person who's going to come in and, and take you into the night. And uh, I guess, for lack of a better term, uh, save you from this horrible situation that you have put yourself into. But then again, you can switch it and the devil is there to actually take you further and further into the hiding place that is ruined that you're in. So it could be at that point in the story in the album, it's really kind of a turning point. If you, you know, when you listen to it from start to finish, uh, that's where things kind of turn around and then in comes science fiction and uh, brilliant massacre. And it's a moment where you reach rock bottom. And the only way out is for either someone to save you or you save yourself. It's your choice. And that's what WBML is really about. So is that the most profound lyrical story? We can talk about uh, science fiction since that's the title track. Okay. And, uh, you know, it, there's a hidden lyric in there that you can't really hear unless you really listen to it at the beginning of the song. And at the break, it's where uh, the lyrics are, this is alchemy. And it's basically about merging with another person. And it turns out that that other person is actually not that good for you. You know, falling in love or become dependent on another person and all the things that happen with that. And for better or worse, there it is. So, you know, the part where the lyric is... Uh, you took me to the bottom of your heart and showed me the hardest part. That's, that was really the, the statement of the entire song, it's where you actually are kind of a bad person, but here I am, and here we are, and we're one, and it's, you know, we're merging, and it's like science fiction, you know, it's this weird sort of alchemical kind of through two people become something else entirely. Okay. I have a question, actually. Ooh. What? Ooh was running through that head of yours for the ideas of the new Pretender video? Ooh. Ah, well, uh, it really comes down to new Pretender, I'll be whatever it is that you want me to be. So, you know, the shots and the desert, it's like, you know, I'm an empty slate and there's nothing that is around me except for you. And then um, in the dark room, I become whatever it is that you want me to become, sort of like a fetish, which is why the images are what they are painted silver, a crow mask, that whole thing, and uh, just being whatever it is that you want me to become. It's kind of dark in that sense. Um, I'm at your will. Yeah, and I like the fact that you tied in your first video for science fiction, and then it, it ties into New Pretender as well. Oh, yeah, at the very, very, very end of the scene now that, but that's the missing element that is uh, not in the album, that little sequence, the, that little box right right oh. but more so like with the image of oh i don't know how to say it i was there with the filming of both the videos so i, I didn't mean, even know there were videos yes no youtube it youtube it baby. I'm, i'll have to because i had no idea yeah 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 uh it's for the, for the cut but for it's, uh, basically the yeah you would have song. to look under the okay. cut and you'll see it okay. but the image of the face oh because you're walking through the desert, and then uh, you know how we green screen the face and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, and then you, you use that image, of course, from science fiction. Mm-hmm. So, what made mm-hmm. you what made you think to tie both of those in? Well, because it's sort of like uh, they kind of relate to each other in the sense that you know, in science fiction, I uh, you know, I'm merging with another person, uh, or the 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 character is merging with another person, and but what comes before that is allowing yourself to be 
merge it both. Whatever it is that you want me to become, I'll become it. I'm your new pretender. And then it goes into science fiction where it's like, you know, okay, great. So here we are. And it actually turns out that you're not such a great influence after all. Even though science fiction came out first, the video, and also story-wise, it's before New Pretender. But you can switch them. New Pretender could be afterwards. Science fiction could be afterwards. But they definitely correlate. So they're kind of interchangeable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah, Legos. Sure. Oh, and by the way, New Pretender? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Cameo. Cameo? Really? <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. we get a glimpse of like you cameo. in the video? Yeah. Hey! I will definitely be looking at those videos. Oh, you should? Yeah. I thought you I, saw them. No, I had no idea. Oh. I never would have thought to look for the cut, because up until I started writing my questions i didn't really know that it was starting out as the cut and then that was transformed into a brilliant massacre i had no idea mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i didn't i didn't have really no was, backstory that whole switch over really was kind of a watershed moment where you go okay we really have something good here let's really kind of own the entire concept and right. let's let's make something of it and so actually we, i didn't even know that you and roger knew each other i'm taking this way back when I first heard Eviscerate on his SoundCloud, on, on your SoundCloud, Sean, when I first heard that, I didn't know that there was a connection between you and Roger. I hadn't really talked with Roger, had huh. no idea. And so when I approached about playing your music on my show from your SoundCloud page, I wasn't aware of a connection. I had maybe just started talking to you, Roger, about upcoming music for Hexorex. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know if it was at that point yet. And so I had no connection to that. Gotcha. Gotcha. So when I found out, I really thought, oh, and I think I asked you, oh, well, do you know this guy from... And I'm like, duh. <laughs> <laughs> did you know he did your song? <laughs> he, he made Someone his own version? What? He made your own... He made his, your song his own? Were you aware of this? This is on, on the internet. <laughs> the interwebs. So, so I had no... I had no idea that there was a connection. And then when I found out that there was a really long-standing connection, I was like, oh, okay. I'm trying to think I of the word. I why you'd say that because, you know, uh, Roger's projects that he works on independently of uh, Brilliant Massacre are so totally different. Yeah. yeah. And, different. and within all those projects, each one of those are so totally different. Exactly. So I can see how you'd say that. Exactly. They are different. And when I first started listening, well, when I first started the show, I didn't know KDC was your thing. Uh, I had no idea. I was playing it, but I had no idea. And then I found out and I was like, oh. I like to get my fingers in a lot of things. Mm -hmm. All kinds of musical projects. You have, I think we talked about this before, you have four of them. Yeah, it's a lot. Four, like. It's like, I don't know. And I I still look for more. And you look for more. And you're doing remixes for other artists. And you're seeking out But right now I'm starting to say no. Because, I mean, I can't. Well, you're a busy bee. I can't do it right now, yeah. Busy bee. But, I mean, A Brilliant Massacre is Sean's project, and I interject things in there like, hey, what do you think of this? What do you think uh-huh. of that? You know, so... Well, and you guys both kind of bounce the ideas back and forth, right? Yeah. I mean, oh, between, for sure. between something being written musically first, or mm-hmm. you have lyrical content first. Mm-hmm. Either way, it goes back and forth, right? Right. Yeah, it's like uh, we pass sketches to each other. Right. You know, he, he'll, he'll be working on a text track and they'll say oh what did, you know what do you think of this and you know, of course oh my god that's so awesome mm-hmm. and you know likewise yeah yeah by the way sean mm. he gave me a taste of the little bit of 
what's the practice piece that you you played for me last oh, night? Oh, the plague. Uh, what what would we call it? The plague of infinities. So yeah. he played yeah. a, a little bit of that for me last night. I was pretty excited. I kind of Depeche Mode, kind of like Gothic Depeche Mode. Yeah, kind of gothy, kind of like, but pretty. You know. Yeah. I really like Sean's voice in that song. By the way, I really like Sean's voice. <laughs> that, that, that one there might be a few more touches before we make it available to the public oh yeah, um, oh, yeah. what do you think was... roger do you think there's more to do or should we just yeah there's definitely think? more to do but yeah but even at its point now i smile <laughs> <laughs> smile i could feel the warmth in my heart just like oh i'm yeah, already that's waiting a that's a good one i really like that one. yeah i told him it's going to be a long painful wait for that <laughs> I really really enjoy about that one is, and this is what Roger brings out of me is that I really stretch myself vocally when we work together there's just no phoning it in you know because his music is so incredibly strong that the vocals and, and lyric content it just it needs to be the best possible that I could possibly ever imagine doing so it has to um, have that its one own was feet. a challenge yeah, it has to stand on its own. Yeah. Like, that's when I think when you work with other people, what you have to bring to the table has to stand on its yeah. own. And I think mm-hmm. that's what makes something great. When you have two yeah. pieces that are just excellent. You can yeah, take those pieces own, apart yeah. and mm-hmm. they can be great without each other. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I totally, yeah. I could just listen to vocal tracks. And we did when you, mm-hmm. pi- when you picked that, the vocals out of Brilliant Massacre for me that day. Mm-hmm. I was happy just listening to the vocals, and I would be ha- equally as happy just listening to the to the music. Yeah, I actually like the Plague of Infinities actually a little bit more than Brilliant Master. Oh, personally, oh, personally, okay. but um, wow, yeah. watch out! <laughs> That's personal. <laughs> All right, kids, stay tuned. (laughs) There are fabulous sounds coming from A Brilliant Massacre in the future. Let me just tell you. (laughs) I I was able to preview a little bit of what's coming up, and I'm telling you, my heart was warmed. I was very um, happy. I actually have it in the car. Oh, my gosh. Oh, see, I told you that was going to happen again. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh! I have to thing. listen to it too. See, yeah, you, you can expect more. There's, there's, there's yeah, like I said, we uh, Roger and I just barely scratched the surface with this album. I mean, really, there's just so much more to do. Excellent. I think there's only one question left. So I think uh-huh. what I want to do, if you if you're up for this, is play maybe two more songs, and we'll come back to that question and and chat a little bit more. And that sounds excellent. Fabulous. Let's do it. So we came back to go over this last question and Roger is going to say goodnight because he's falling asleep at the console here I'm with me. I'm a tired boy. Yeah. So we'll talk about this last one because it kind of does involve you performing. Okay. Performing definitely involves you. So the last question that I have listed to talk about is the way that it's written before I had a little bit of insight of conversation already. So it's basically talking about upcoming performances or possible upcoming performances of a brilliant massacre. So, well, after you take the lead on that one. All right. Seattle, December 28th at mechanisms or mechanisms, something, mechan something. And that'll all be posted on those little event stuff. Definitely going to hear about it. That's for sure. Yes. Yeah. So it'll be a brilliant massacre and hex rex. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I want to be in your suitcase. <laughs> Double whammy. <laughs> so that's everything that's set for now? Yeah, that's the only thing that's... Oh. was my mm-hmm. phone. Okay. Yeah, it was my phone. That's scared. And it's going to be a debut performance, too. So. Yeah. Oh, my yeah, gosh. It'll be a, the first Brilliant Massacre. 
performance. Mm-hmm. So exciting. I really want to be there. You should. Well, we'll see how things go. And I don't know. Maybe. How much are flights, Sean? Cheap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're cheap. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about how that gets okay. worked out later on as time progresses. Because gotcha. yeah. as most of my listeners know, I... This is what I do. I don't have a job, and therefore the only income is the man's income. And that a girl. Well, I want to work. <laughs> I want to have. I get bored. Let me tell you, I get really bored. But it is what it is in the economy these days. So we'll see what happens. And if I can swing it, I will uh, hopefully be there for that debut performance. That would be awesome. I'd love, love, love for you to be there. And I've never been to Seattle. Oh, you'll love it. Mm-hmm. It'll be super cold too. Oh, maybe mm-hmm. even snowing. Maybe. Or raining and snowing. It's going to be awesome. Yep. Well, we'll see how that turns out. (laughs) So definitely for Seattle at the end of the year. And (laughs) details for that we can post and announce later on. Totally. Yeah. And I'll be sure to put that up on all of this stuff. That answers the question totally. Cool. The second half of the question was really if there was a pursuit of performing in the future. Most definitely. Yeah. Yes. You can be sure of that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's all of my interrogation preparations. Did you want to go? <laughs> I'm talking to Roger. No. <laughs> She's looking at me with her hands in her hands. She's all, Get out. Go? Do, you, do, you, do you really want to go? <laughs> Get out. <laughs> Get. <laughs> no, I was just wondering if I, I wanted you to be able to say goodbye. And oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get out of here. Okay. So good night, everybody. And good night, Roger. Good night, Sean. I'll call you. <laughs> we'll <Yeah>. talk. <laughs> <laughs> and you too, Valerie. Okay. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming by and helping me surprise him. Totally. <laughs> so unexpected. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and and for you, Sean, did you have anything else you wanted to go over, talk about, mention? No, actually, I, I think we covered most nearly everything. I, um, I, but I would like to say thank you so much for the opportunity and everything you've done in introducing uh, Bill and Massacre to the Orange County area. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. Like I've Without said, you, it would not be happening. Oh, like I said, when there's when there's good music. I, I stand behind it. And I'm really picky. I know that I, I was poking fun at those previous listings, but, I mean, I'm really picky. That, <laughs> and opinionated. well, you should be. Yeah. So, I'll be looking forward to playing more new stuff as time progresses. And I'm sure yeah. Roger will be teasing me with those little snippets as they are worked on. <laughs> well, you can be sure of that. He loves to do that. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so are you done as well then? Did you want to? Um, well, yeah, I'd like to say goodnight to everyone and, and, and also goodnight. Thank you so much, Valerie. Oh, thank you for calling in and sticking along for the whole almost three-hour show. I really didn't think that you guys were going to stay the whole time. I was thinking, <laughs> oh, we'll get like 40 minutes in maybe, and then, you know, that'll be it. No way, we're so hardcore like that. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It, so it ended up being a love fest. I love it. Right. Aww. Well, it's because we, we have fun. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> we, we have this chemistry. Yes, All we of do. Us. Behind the seats, even. <laughs> you like to push the button is what you like to do. <laughs> uh, if only I had a delay. <laughs> 
All right, you guys. Thank you so much for joining me in both calling in and for coming down to the station. All right, so we're going to say goodnight to the guys from Brilliant Massacre, Negative Gain, and all that good stuff. Thanks, guys. Good night. Thank you.